Hello, this is Paul at First Counselling, um, and this is my fourth podcast. Um, I thought I'd try and do something a little bit different here, so rather than just read out from a blog, I thought I'd maybe talk a little bit about um, the blog that I'm going to read out later, and I thought I'd talk a little bit about it, uh, a little bit why I came to write it. If you want to read any of my previous blogs, you can find them on www.thirstcounselling.co.uk. So, the title of this podcast is Look Back, Don't Stare. Uh, And that was uh, something that they used to say an awful lot when I worked in uh, substance misuse services and drug rehabilitation centres. We used to talk a lot to the clients about, you know, look back, but don't stare. Don't spend your life in your past. Because quite often people can uh, find themselves living in their past, living in their, their, their... they're what they have done previously, you know. I uh, I find today when I when I work with clients in that in the counselling room, they'll quite often come back to me, um, and starting off with their, their difficulties, their issues, which are quite often rooted in their past. Now it might be because of past behaviours, past relationships, past traumas, um, abuse, uh, domestic violence, um, some really really quite damaging and and traumatic experiences and they can find themselves very much bound to that very much trapped in that past Uh, and it can stop them from moving forward it gives them a false sense of who they are today Um, I'm a big fan of of quotes and sayings uh, and one of the sayings that I I was always quite fond of um, was yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery today is a gift that way we call it the present um, and some people find that a little bit a little bit trite and a little bit cute however it is a real thing and that you know the the clients that I, I come across are either worried about things they've done before worried about things that may or may not happen so they're either living in the past or they're living in the future and the only time we're ever really living is right now right here and now to me, the therapeutic process is about looking at the here and now, looking at where we are uh, in respect to, to our past and, and to our potential futures. But if we don't have a good grounding and a good understanding about where we are today, you know, how can we move forward? We get a good understanding about where we are today by looking at the past, unpicking the past, unpacking the past, dealing with some of the events, some of the traumas, some of the incidents that have helped shape us, recognise about how they have shaped us. Some of those things we need to disregard and we need to put away. And some of those things, you know, we need to kind of acknowledge that this is a part of who we are now. How can we kind of reconcile ourselves with that to allow us to move forward? So the blog that I wrote had the same title, Look Back, Don't Stare. It was posted on September the 10th, 2018. Look back, don't stare. That was something I was once told. It resonated with me as someone who spent so much time looking back with shame and regret, fearful and looking forward and making mistakes, looking back over the myriad of ones I'd previously made, completely oblivious to the here and now. I recently went back to my home to visit a friend. Me and my daughter arrived at this friend's house. 
Now this friendship has spanned over five decades, which in itself is an incredible achievement. As he marvelled at how tall my seven-year-old daughter was becoming since we last met, I was shocked at how his 15-year-old son was now taller than me, which in itself is no mean feat. The passage of time is an amazing thing. When taken in small chunks and analysed, it becomes a beautiful trip down memory lane. An exercise in two people taking an imaginary walk down our pasts, comparing perceptions and recollections, and fine-tuning some of the less well-remembered experiences. The following day, when me and my daughter left, we went into the town where I grew up. It was here I explained to her about my childhood, walking through the shopping mall with my mother. As memories of childhood flooded back, I was struck by how much has changed. The openly homeless people in doorways, so much more prevalent than when I lived here, than when I was homeless here. Change is inevitable. Through life, our experience is shaped by moments which define us. Here was I, now almost two decades later, showing my daughter images of her father from his memories. Before we left, we went back to McDonald's for a quick visit to the toilet. Whilst I waited for her outside, a woman in her 40s, clearly riddled with addiction, came up to me and begged me for some spare change. She never recognised me, and as I gave her some small change, I recalled years previously, amidst my own addiction, she was known as a sex worker, which fed her addiction. She used to be an attractive, slim woman in her twenties, and it was clear now to see how the passage of time had eroded her pretty face. It was now ruddy and bloated. As she stumbled towards the ladies' toilets, I became aware of how much time moves us, how my journey is constantly changing. Here, almost two decades later, I was standing here with my daughter, far removed from that lonely place, yet this woman was still trapped inside her demented idea, as John O'Donoghue calls it. We got back into the car, drove out to the centre and passed a rehab where I went on September the 11th, 2000, and we headed back home to North Yorkshire. Look back, don't stare. It's often with clients i found come to a place in their lives when they feel stuck and lost. Perhaps they're scared by an ordeal in their childhood, unable to forgive, believing that their problem is firmly rooted in an upbringing where the protagonist, the perpetrator, is dead and restitution or resolution feels unattainable. Or their past life feels so damaged and flawed and pointless that the only time that appears positive is the halcyon days of the past. I believe my role in this aspect as a therapist is to give clients a way to make peace with that past to forgive or find a way to forgiveness that they are no longer bound to it no longer held hostage by their ideas around it the introverted values placed upon them as a child can be shrugged off or removed and they can in fact be replaced by new beliefs based on their own values my role may also be of help to see them and to help them see how they have already become to heal these emotional time rifts that are ghosts of the past are laid to rest Clients through therapy are able to examine and look at these wounds, begin to close the door on them. It can sometimes be a painful process, but ultimately refreshing. The past is not our enemy, only a record of where we have been. Whether that recording is good or bad, hazy or crystal clear, it is a part of our experience and can help us move in new and exciting directions. A 
and if we're driving forward, the past holds valuable information about our lives. It can serve us or enslave us. The cell. I built four walls, a roof and a floor, a cell of my own so I couldn't withdraw. I made it of bricks and also of stone, it was built just for one, for me on my own. I woke up one day and found myself there, no memory of arrival, didn't really care. But now I'm awake, alert and refreshed, wondering how I got in this great awful mess. For there aren't any doors or windows to see, no mirrors inside, no reflection of me. Now I'm picking away at the bricks and the stone. I have to break out of this cell on my own, then at last I will know what it will take me to be to be happy, to function, and at last to be free. Look back, don't stare. Sincerely yours, a thirst counsellor. That blog that I wrote, I was inspired by, by the young woman that I knew. The, the woman that I, I saw that Sunday outside McDonald's. It really threw me that she and myself had been very much in the same place 20 years previously. She was an incredibly attractive woman, intelligent, bright, articulate, and yet she was trapped in, in, this, in this world of uh, chaos and addiction. As was I. We hung around in the same circles. We spoke quite frequently. Uh, for a short period of time, uh, we lived together, squatting together. Um, something happened. Something changed. You know, I, I got the help that I needed at the time and was able to move forward. And almost twenty years later, I come face to face with this woman who had no recollection of who I was. I've changed, I look a little bit different, I put on more weight, have a beard. And she had the same face, but like I mentioned in the blog, it had become ruddy and bloated. She walked with less grace. And it made me realise that some people can stay so trapped in their past. As John O'Donoghue says, the mental prison is a devastatingly lonely place because ultimately it is you who locks yourself up inside a demented idea or feeling. And that was partly the inspiration for the poem, The Cell. Four days into rehabilitation, withdrawing from opiates and various other chemicals and alcohol, um, I started to think about this idea of being trapped inside my own head, my own thoughts, my own beliefs, my own past. Uh, the idea of being in rehab, the idea of, of working through difficulties and traumas that, that I was facing uh, allowed me to start to unlock that door, unlock that cell and allow myself to be free. We don't live in the past and we don't live in the future. We're right here in the here and now. For me, counselling is all about allowing clients to return to the here and now. So that once they've looked at their past and unpacked their past and, and repackaged it and, and rebranded it and maybe uh, put some of those demons to bed, they too can start to look forward 
at a future with new possibilities, with various variables, not something that is, is clearly designed by the past that they have lived. That's about it, I think, for, for today's little podcast. Um, I think this is something that uh, I find easier to do without a script, just kind of shoot from the hip, pretty much how I write. Like I said, if you would like to read uh, some more of my blogs, you can find them on www.thirstcounselling.co.uk. Also, if you go onto uh, Amazon, you can find a couple of e-books that I've written under the name P.J. Cullen, that's C-U-L-L-E-N. There are three e-books on there, a collection of poems, um, a book called A Gentle Awakening, uh, and my new e-book, which is called Piscatorial Therapy. Piscatorial Therapy is a fictional account. It's a story of an angler going on a, a, a fishing session, and at the same time, there's a counsellor meeting a client for the first time. And, and very much that story is about how uh, the angler and the therapist are following a similar path, a similar path of being in the moment, being in the present, in order to move forward. Thanks very much for your time. If you have any comments or any questions, please feel free to email, email me at info at firstcounselling.co.uk. Have a mentally healthy day. Sincerely yours, a first counsellor.